Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but we would love to meet you in person. All are welcome, and that includes you. So if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service at the corner of Arthur Ashe Boulevard and Grove in the historic synagogue across from the Art Museum. Can't make it in person? No problem. We are also live streaming on YouTube. Contact our administrator at tikvatdirector at gmail.com for the link during the week, or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There, you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Sherry Moore currently serves at MAPS Global as the Global Prayer Prophetic Advisor, a member of the pastoral care team, and an elder in the community. She and her late husband, Matthew, came to Richmond in 1992 and served for eight years right here at Tikvat Israel Messianic Synagogue as the youth leaders and other things, whatever was needed, during which time she and Matthew established Common Thread Ministries, a ministry of citywide worship and prayer, with the blessing of the elders at the time of Tikvat and multiple pastors and leaders in Richmond. In 1999, out of this city movement, they established RIHOP, a day and night citywide expression of worship and prayer. In 2015, Sherry began to work in the local Egyptian church and began focusing on the Isaiah 19 highway, knowing that the body of Messiah in Richmond is meant to have a large impact in the region of Israel and the surrounding nations. There's a verse in Isaiah 19 that talks about the nations around Israel, traditionally her enemies, actually, coming together to worship the Lord. It ends with this, blessed is Egypt, my people, Assyria, my handiwork, and Israel, my inheritance. So it shows the eventual result of the highway of God to bring those enemy nations, quote unquote, together to worship the Lord together. MAPS Global is a missional training sending organization. (laughs) focused in the region surrounding the Isaiah 19 highway. In 2019, MAPS contacted Sherry, and both organizations agreed the hand of the Lord was at work. MAPS moved their headquarters from Northern Virginia to Richmond, adopted the Richmond House of Prayer, and Sherry became a part of the leadership. Since 2019, MAPS has expanded its work with bases in the Middle East and Eurasia. Sherry continues to call the body of Messiah in Richmond into unity in passion for Yeshua and one another and to the nations. A lot of their leadership came and helped us with our Sukkot celebration. It's really a a great partnership. We have to remember we're a part of the church of the city. We're just the Jewish part, but there are other streams of Yeshua faith that we can relate to that can help us to fulfill our mission and vision to bridge and restore the relationship between Yeshua, the Jewish people, and the nations. And so that is part of the reason why Sherry is here. Let's give a warm Tikvat Israel welcome to Miss Sherry Moore. Thank you so much. It's really an honor to be here. It brings up a great deal of memories. And actually, Dave did not um, mention that I've known him for a long time. And of course, your wife. Before I knew you, I knew your wife before you were married. (laughs) So it's really an honor to be here. I have great and wonderful memories of my time here. Tikvot will always be in the depth of who I am. 
the message of why God raised up a Messianic Jewish remnant in the earth will always be part of the message in my heart. I'm going to actually race through some things because I carry today with me a story of the city of Richmond. One of the gifts that we all ask for from the Holy Spirit, sometimes we ask him. Most of the time, what happens with the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the Lord invites you into something he wants to give you. We do need to yearn for and desire prophecy, and we can ask for prophecy. But at the time when I got saved in 1982, little did I realize that one of the things that I was being swept up to into by the Lord was a, um, a calling to understand his movements, not just for prophecy for a single person, prophecies for maybe congregations, but also he was preparing my heart and my husband's heart to understand his ways over cities and communities in the earth and what he wanted to display in various cities and communities. Of course, we didn't know that. And I know many of you will probably relate to this, but most of the time we try to follow the Lord as best that we can. And we look back and we understand why he's led us that way. We don't typically hear and then follow. A lot of times we follow, but we don't always understand why he's leading us the way that he's leading us. Amen? Is this true? Well, it's what I found for me. So I'm going to quickly go over a story, and it will be a lot of stories that I was involved in. They're part of my life, but it became a life story for a city in Richmond. So bear with me as I quickly go through this. I do Richmond prophetic history for many people in the city. It's not a tour of the historical sites. It's what God says over our community and what he's inviting the body of Messiah, Jew and Gentile in together. Amen. Can you follow me today? Might be different than what you're used to hearing, but it's okay. May the Lord give you internal vision by his Holy Spirit. I got saved in 1982. I met him as Jesus. You know, I was in Northern Virginia and one of the very first visions that the Lord allowed me to have was him standing in front of the congregation in front of a communion table. And I didn't understand it. The church was, was dealing with some issues that could have resulted in a split. And my heart was very grieved because I was under a year a believer and I really loved this congregation. But I saw him and I had a needle in my hand, like in the vision. I had a needle in my hand with a very long thread. And I instinctively knew to weave this needle and go from one side of the pew to another, all the way up the aisle, up towards Yeshua, and so I did. In some places it was hard, in some places it was easy. It was, just was the way that it was. But if you know anything about sewing, if you don't draw as you go, begin to put the needle in different parts of the material, that if you pull it together, it's gonna pucker. But I didn't feel to draw it. I just went all the way up to the front and Yeshua asked me, what are you gonna do with that needle? And I was like, give it to you, I suppose. And I handed it to him and in this vision, he said, watch this. And he yanked that needle and the material came together that didn't pucker. It was like one piece. And he said, I'm looking for those who will weave in and out of my body, in and out of my people. And they, some places it will be hard and some places it will be easy. Some places it will be difficult, but you will ultimately trust that I'm the one that will pull it together. So from the beginning, it was about relationship with God and relationship with one another. And that's very familiar. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So from the very beginning of my walk, 
with the Lord. He planted in me a very deep, deep love for the body of Messiah across any lines, across any lines. I just had to learn to try to find the hand of the Lord in whoever I met, his breath, how he was breathing and speaking. So that's just like the orientation from the very beginning. 10 years later, in 1992, Tikvot had just gotten into this building. I don't know what year that was. It was maybe 1990, 91. And Rabbi Jamie Cowan was the leader. We had met him in Northern Virginia. He was not connected to his Jewish roots at the time that we met him, but we watched him connect to this thing called a messianic group of people, which at the time I thought was a cult. I had to be honest with you. At the time I thought, oh, they want to go back under the law. What is wrong with these people? Because I met fringe people. I met people that didn't understand the heart of what God was doing, that the Lord was truly marking and pulling his Jewish people into a place where there could be a Jewish expression of the faith because it was necessary for what he was doing, not just in a community, but in the earth. It was necessary, but I did not understand that. All I did was from afar, full disclosure, judge what the people that were coming and making me feel like I had everything all wrong. And that my entire history with Yeshua was a mistake because I was not following a certain way. And that was what I was exposed to. So the thought of my friend going into this was like horrifying. But I prayed for him and the Lord told him, connect to your Jewish roots. And he did. And next thing we knew, he was moving to this place called Richmond, which at the time had the number one murder rate per capita in the nation. I thought, not only are they in a weird group, but they went to a very dark place. Like, we've lost our friends forever. That's what we thought. Well, in 1992, we get a call. And it just happened to be that that morning, my husband woke up singing, Messiah is coming. Now, in our tradition then, We never called Jesus Messiah unless it was in a Christmas song. You know, we didn't say, hey, is Messiah speaking to you? What would be, is the Savior talking to you? Is the Lord speaking to you? We would say things, but we didn't say is Messiah. But he woke up singing Messiah, and that day we got a call from Tikvot. It was an invitation to come here and work among the youth. I'm in the background saying, I'm not going. I will not go to this place. And I've learned in my life over the many years now that when I do this, it means God is in it. So to make a very long story short, like I said, I teach for three and a half hours and take people on a mini tour just to tell a story of this city. We came down to Richmond. We decided we'll take an exploratory visit. We'll see what this is all about. We're driving down. I'm telling you my heart was not in it. And we're talking about if we move, how many U-Hauls? I mean, it was really a deal. The Lord's gonna have to drag me. And all the Lord would say to me was, follow your husband, which did make me a little upset because I wanted to hear myself. I didn't just wanna follow him, but I knew that it was the voice of the Lord, follow your husband. So we drove down to Richmond. We were headed in talking about U-Hauls. All of a sudden, we both fall back in our seats. And Matthew said, do you feel that? Did you feel that? And I said, yeah, I felt it. It was a wall of darkness and we realized we had crossed over into the boundaries of a city called Richmond. And the Lord said to me that day, that moment, he said, can you believe for a day that when people cross the boundaries of Richmond, they will sense my presence and not the presence of darkness? And I thought, I don't get that. Can that happen? 
But I wanna tell you, brothers and sisters, I wanna tell you that if the enemy can be prevalent in an atmosphere, if the people of God will do what he's asking them to do together, that the atmosphere can shift because God is greater than darkness. Can we believe for a day? Could you even have a vision for it? We didn't get it. And that's exactly what we said to the Lord. We don't get it, but we're in. If you will do that, if you can do that, so we started thinking, wow, when you go into certain places in a community, you go, ooh, I just don't feel comfortable here. I don't like the way it feels. And then you'll go into a place where they've just held worship and you go, wow, I feel the presence of the Lord. Well, if the enemy can capture the atmosphere of a city, why can't the people of God that love one another and love him with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, why can't he rest on that community? Why can he not? Is darkness greater? I say no, but it's an invitation. Everything that the Lord gives us prophetically is an invitation, it's not a guarantee, it requires a response, amen? So we come into Tikvot and the worship is astounding. I mean, I'm like, this is amazing. This isn't what I thought that it was. And I have my first vision here in Richmond. And I saw up front here, for some reason the Lord likes speaking to me about the upfronts. And I saw Yeshua standing at the front, right here, in Tikvot, right here. And he was standing and there was a woman to his left and a woman to his right. The woman on his left had something, a veil or something on her head, and she was leaning over two candles. And on the other side, it was a woman trapped in chains. And he breathed on the woman that was leaning over the candles, which I then perceived as a Jewish woman, and she turned to him, she fell in love with him, and she began to dance the most beautiful dance, and then she froze. And then he breathed on the woman in chains, and the chains fell off, she turned, she fell in love with Yeshua. And she began to dance a totally other kind of dance. And it was beautiful. Both women began to dance their unique, separate type of a dance, loving Yeshua, but when they saw each other, they repelled each other. It was like, he's mine, he's not yours. And Yeshua started weeping. And just like that vision way back in 1982, I saw the Lord begin to weep and he grabbed the hands of each of these women and he pulled them together and he breathed his spirit on them. And they began to dance another holy, different, beautiful dance before him. And it was then that everything in my heart in that moment melted and I understood that the place that I was standing here in Tikvot, Israel, that God was doing something miraculous, that he was showing me what the one new man looked like and he was saying yes to us coming and serving here at Tikvot. So it was beautiful. We came here, we got swept into learning and being part of the congregation, which we loved. We served here for eight years total, but in the fourth year, the Lord spoke to us and said, gather the intercessors of the city. Well, nobody honestly back in 1990, let me see what year that was. That was in 1996. People were still grappling with if the Messianic congregations were part of the body of Messiah. They were still grappling with that. There was a little unity here and a little unity there. So I thought, how are we going to invite people from out there? We're in a place where there's no parking. You know, we're in the middle of the city and people don't know who we are, really. We're the ones that were keepers. And you know, like they don't know, they don't come in these doors to see what we're doing in here. So like, what are the chances that people actually show up? 
So we found 30 flyers of some people that gathered sometime in Florida that were all from Richmond at some conference. And we thought, well, we're gonna send out these 30 flyers. We sent out these 30 flyers. We had the meeting down in the basement here. I set up 30 chairs because I thought, well, if half of them show up, it still looks like we had a successful meeting. Maybe just 20 looked like we really had a crowd because we didn't want to look like we were failing. (laughs) But Matthew decided we needed to set up 200 chairs. And I thought, great, five people are going to show up and it looks like that we don't know what we're doing. Okay, you have to understand this is something that was birthed in this house for God's purposes and reason. We sent out the flyers. The Lord gave us one word for that night. And it was to tell people that he was looking for those that would follow the lamb and not lead the lamb because they had something that the city of Richmond was meant to display of who he was. And it had to happen because we were together in some way across denominational lines, tribes, tongues, nations, not denominations, but ethnic groups, Jew, Gentile. We have Egyptian here, Turkish person that is here. There's about 127 different people groups here in Richmond. The Lord was looking for the ethnos to come together, the people, not the organizations as much as it was people that represented part of who he was, that he had imparted something in them. Well, that night, 220 people showed up in the basement of Tikvod. Come on, that's like amazing. I'm telling you, this is only the Lord's doing. It's his doing, it's his story, it's for his glory. And it swept us into a time period where we just started doing citywide prayer meetings. The elders here at Tikvot, as well as pastors that started coming because they heard that there was gatherings in the basement of Tikvot Israel. You know? And so they started coming. They realized that that was a mark on Matthew and Mai's life to gather the body for corporate times of worship and prayer. If it was on a Friday evening, we had the Shabbat opened by the Messianic Jewish people. We had befriended Native American people and we we would have them do something and the African American people and then the Spanish people and the Asian people. We just, there was just the Lord himself was gathering the people and it was part of his heart. In Acts 17, I will read this scripture. It's very interesting because Paul was in Thessalonica Then he went to Berea and he was preaching. There were many Greeks among them. Many women were among the ones that were listening to him preach. He was pretty much cast out of each of those places, but there were always those that followed the message of the gospel because it was the message of the gospel that was preached. When he got to Athens, he said something that was profound and it's marked my life. I think it's something that the Lord really wants all of us to know and to be aware of. 1724, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods, which means the season, the years that you live in, and the boundaries of their appointed dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. Yet he's actually not far from each of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. And the Lord began to really emblazon in us that he put and has drawn people to this city 
city for his purposes. And we are to relate to one another according to the boundaries of our dwelling. Boundaries are a blessing. They let us know who we are to relate to, who we are to connect to, who we are to grab hands to, because there's only one body. There's one bride in the city of Richmond. There's only one. And so we already know that there's something that people that we need to connect with, we need to understand their heart. So these were the messages that were being blazoned in our hearts that yes, I have a calling for this city. As a matter of fact, the city of Richmond, I believe that we are marked by the Lord. I believe we have an invitation to carry a shofar as a church community, as the ecclesia, that gives a message to this nation and a message to the nations. He told us years ago that he wanted to change the name of our city. It didn't mean we weren't supposed to be called Richmond. It meant that he would change the reputation. The reputation of our city is a city that has always been divided. Through the Civil War, through slavery, it was brother against brother, it was oppression, it's all sorts of things. And what does he want the body of Messiah to say? He wants the body of Messiah to say, to display what it looks like for a people unified in the face of God, standing and flanking one another side by side, blessing, not cursing each other, but blessing each other. Do you know, we wanna bless someone if they completely agree with everything that we believe. We wanna curse them. And I say that by saying we dismiss them. We lightly esteem them. But it does not hurt to bless someone that you completely disagree with. Do you know what a blessing does? A blessing opens heaven's door to their hearts. And anything that is out of alignment, you are inviting the Holy Spirit to come and deal with. But a curse or lightly esteeming one another or saying they've got it wrong, we've got it right, all of that, that actually shuts that door for them. It actually lays another layer of darkness on their heart when we do that. And it also affects us because we begin to get either prideful, we're a root of bitterness in us. They're not understanding we're right, they're wrong. We can't do that. If we're to heap coals of fire on our enemies, if we are to bless our enemies, how much more those that call on the name of the Lord, whether they are in our expression or not, amen? Amen. So these were part of what I believe the church of Richmond, the family of God in Richmond, those that call on the name of the Lord, we are to display. We are to show what it looks like for a people committed to God and to one another to the point that we will do whatever he asks on a city table level, not taking away from individual callings or individual mandates but there is a place for us to be together. And I believe that uh, people in this nation and people across the planet, we are to be an example for. And I would honestly give my life for it. In the midst of all of these citywide prayer meetings and in the midst of the message of us being unified, we prayed, we cried out a great deal for the Lord for this city and things started shifting. In the midst of all of that, the Lord asked us to raise up day and night worship in the city. We'd never heard of that. This was 1998, winter of 1998. We'd never heard of day and night worship. I mean, we're like, what are we getting Levitical? What's wrong with us? Like, what's the problem? But no, the Lord was saying he wanted a fragrance to come out of Richmond that was a, a unified fragrance. Like we were to create a bowl that various 
churches and ethnos would, would come and take a place on the wall and, and release a fragrance of love for Yeshua and love for one another. It sounded weird, people didn't get it, but we did it and the Lord blessed it. And we saw people from multiple congregations come to this thing called Richmond House of Prayer. And it became a picture of what he was asking. You know, we had people tell us, we could go from different churches, why don't we just pick a time frame? why don't we just, and we'll do it together, we can do 24 seven, just like this. And the Lord said to me, no, when you step out and you go somewhere and you sit in a prayer room that is one location, you're saying I'm part of the greater whole, I'm not the whole in this city. It's an act of spiritual warfare to step out of your comfort zone and go somewhere and worship with the same vision in mind. Lord, draw your bride, draw your people in Richmond. What does it look like? What does it feel like? How do we display who you are? We ended up in Shaco Bottom, and I can't tell you the story of it, but I want to tell you that one of the things that slapped us in the face when we got to Shaco Bottom, other than we were in a very tiny place, was that all the Jewish people that came to Virginia during the colonial period all gathered in Shaco Bottom in Church Hill. It's part of their history. I was given a book and I showed Scott, which I'll let him read it because I never read all the way through it, but he probably will devour it, but he probably will. It's Richmond Jewelry, 1769 to 1976. And I opened it and it says Shabbat and Shako. So for a decade, the Lord had us have our house of prayer in the very place where Jewish people came and had peaceful Sabbath. And we prayed and it was a place where the slave market was the first government sanctioned slave market. And the Lord told us even then, I'm going to touch the three people groups in this city. And he said, I'm going to touch them, the root people of the faith, which are the Jewish people, the root people of this nation, which are the Native American people, and the people of the root offense, which is slavery. And that he would raise up a voice that was the foundation of what we needed to do in our house of prayer was to stand and believe and to cry out for the hand of the Lord to move in all three of those people groups. And then in 2015, he told me to begin to speak and to pray for Egypt, which was random, completely random. And he said to me, the time of the Isaiah 19 highway, the time when we would begin to see the body of Messiah begin to come together in the lands of Egypt and the Middle East and in Israel are upon us. Even though we, right now we see war in the background, Egyptians are grabbing hands with Jewish people. And people that are from the Middle East, places like Lebanon and Jordan and other locations, they're grabbing hands. They're seeing even people that are Muslim coming to the Lord. And God sovereignly, sovereignly giving them a heart for the Jewish people. As a matter of fact, it's an ache that they want to know and meet Jewish people, which is only a divinely imparted thing. So we began to see these things happening. So in 2015, I prayed for Egypt, connected with Egypt, ended up going to Egypt. In 2018, the Lord gave me a vision and he said that he was going to put a bridge between Richmond and this Isaiah 19 highway. In 2019, I got a call from Randy Martinez that was in Fredericksburg that had this group called MAPS. It wasn't even called MAPS Global at the time, it was called MAPS. 
And he said, we're supposed to move to a different city. We have five cities on the horizon. And he named something like New York and something in Florida and something in Texas. And Richmond was last because we were only an hour away. And I thought only people that are called to Richmond come to Richmond. People don't just go, I think I'll move to Richmond, Virginia. (laughs) But (laughs) this whole time though, we knew that the Lord was telling us that Richmond, not only would he give us a new name and he was calling the body of Messiah to be a reflection, a part of who he is in the place of unity and love, mutual love with Jew and Gentile together being multi-ethnic and that we were to be a singing city, we were to be a sending city, not just sending to this nation, but sending to the nations that what the Lord wanted to birth in this city would be exported. Do you see, it would be exported into neighborhoods and to nations. This is what we carried in this man calls me from Fredericksburg. And somebody there had a dream and God speaks in dreams still yet today. And in this dream, this girl who had no clue who I was whatsoever, she has this dream of being in the lowest place of the city, of some city, being given a yellow car with a new set of keys. She didn't realize Shaco Bottom is the lowest place in Richmond. And we had moved up to Scott's edition, if you're familiar, so it's up Broad Street. And we had been there for almost three years, coming on three years when all of this began to transpire. She had this dream and she was given a yellow car and they had to push it up a Broad Street. And it was a huge hill. They pushed it up the Broad Street, they get to the top, the man at the top of the hill says, you'll be okay if you park behind Sherry's parking spot. And so she wakes up and she hears Sherry Moore. She came to the leadership meeting. She goes, I think Sherry Moore is somebody I went to college with. And Randy said, what are you talking about? You don't know Sherry Moore? She leads the house of prayer in Richmond. And so they knew that the Lord was specifically calling a group that was committed to singing, praying, and preaching, training, and sending people into the nations to duplicate what the Lord was going to do here in Richmond. And so they came down, we agreed, I wept, I cried, we compared prophetic storylines, they moved into Richmond, And the whole ministry exploded. They adopted me. They adopted the house of prayer. And the house of prayer has grown now to a degree where it looks like a lot of different ethnos and tribes. He's given us a beautiful campus, just like miracles happen for you to be in this building. Get the booklet if you don't have the story of the miracles of this building. But we have miracles to be where we are. So MAPS is a training and sending place, but it also is the steward of a day and night house of prayer that's meant to be for the city, by the city, to the nations. And I want to tell you guys, I've not only exploded, but we now have three bases overseas that are building houses of prayer, that are training indigenous people. We don't want to replace them. We want to raise them up to be lovers of Yeshua that carry the gospel into the most unreached places of the earth. And my invitation to you and my encouragement to you is that Tikvah's voice is very important in the overall invitation of the Lord. He said to me that Richmond could be a city of refuge or a city of refuse, but it's up to how my people respond, how you respond to me and how you respond to one another on which way that pendulum will turn. Whether we accept that invitation to come together and have a day and night expression of worship and prayer that is for the church, by the church, that's up to us. 
It doesn't mean he will not bless you if we don't do that. It doesn't mean that individually you won't be blessed, but there's a higher calling on this city. We're supposed to show what it looks like with Jew and Gentile walking together. It's supposed to be an expression of what the Lord sees when he looks on the earth and he sees the ethnos grabbing hands for the one person that matters more than it all, which is Yeshua, the Messiah. I wish I could tell you all of the things that happened and how deeply I know that God broods over not just Tikvot, but the Jewish community in this city. I believe that if we'll take his challenge, if we'll connect, if we'll grab hands tighter, I believe that we will see an entire synagogue of Jews giving their life to Jesus in this city. I truly believe that with every bit in my heart. Let me encourage you. He will not forget the people in this city. And he, will, he has heard every prayer. They are filling the bowls in heaven. But he's asking something of us. He's asking something of us. So my invitation to you is I want to get to know you more. My invitation to you is invite me to your house. <laughs> my invitation is for us to grab hands tighter. And my invitation is for you to come and visit us at Maps Global. But there's a story that is still being written in Richmond. And I want us all to be apart together so that we can see him glorified. And that when people come and cross the boundary of Richmond, they're gonna say, we heard that there's revival in Richmond. What church is it at? we will start laughing and we'll say, you don't get it. He's in the hospitals. He's in the detention centers. He's in the jails. He's in the supermarkets. He's in the bar district. And oh yeah, he's in the churches and the synagogues. Just get to Richmond. The presence of the Most High is resting there. Thank you. (laughs) 